0: I've been, I've been reading recently um, some history and, uh, and part of the history covers the, uh, the story of the Inquisition. You've heard of the Inquisition, you know, the medieval uh, group. Actually, the Inquisition still exists, but they don't torture people anymore. But, um, but in, the, in the Middle Ages, their job was to root out heresy. And I, I didn't know this, but one of the rules of the Inquisition was that you couldn't draw blood. No cutting. But um, being quite ingenious people, they came up with all sorts of ways to, to inflict pain without actually drawing blood. It's one of the reasons they really liked fire, because when fire burns you, if the blood comes out, it just automatically cauterizes, so there's no actual bleeding involved. So uh, fire and, and crushing and stretching were sort of their favored techniques. And, and you know they did this. I think what really I think was what I struggle with is they did all this in the name of God. They inflicted horrible pain and torturing and, and made people suffer so that they could save their souls. And, and for the most part I don't think that there are any groups within the church um, who use pain To save souls. Not that kind of pain anyway. But I think probably many of us have encountered people who are not above inflicting emotional pain. For your own good. To save your soul. And I wonder about this because I can't imagine Jesus torturing someone so that they could follow him. In fact, we get in this example today in this reading from John that, that Jesus presents, continues to present this, this teaching about the bread of life. and We've been, we've been talking about it for several weeks, but, but this idea that we are to take in Jesus to ourselves, to, to partake of him as, as sustenance for ourselves. And yet there are many in Jesus' own day, amongst Jesus' own followers who say, Jesus, this seems too difficult. This thing you ask of us is too much, and they turn away. But Jesus doesn't go and beat them about the head and tell them they have to follow him. Jesus relies on the power of his own word to have people understand who he is and to follow him. And so I think that when we look at people who are willing to be coercive or manipulative, or, or in the case of the Inquisition, to cause suffering for our salvation, then they are not motivated by the Holy Spirit. They have been infected—I think—infected rather with, with the spirit of of evil, and, and I think evil is a real thing right it's not just like bad stuff we do I think that there is an actual malevolent power in the universe at work I mean I don't think it's like a guy with like horns and a tail necessarily but I do think that there is intentional evil sort of about and Paul here in this lesson he tells us to put on the armor of God you know the helmet of righteousness and the belt of truth and the the breastplate of faith or the other way around anyway Paul tells us that when we are confronted with evil, our task is to stand fast, to hold on to these words of Christ and to use them as a shield against the power of evil. And nowhere in this is Paul telling us to go out and fight evil. And I think that this is kind of a a subtle distinction. Paul tells us that evil is going to come our way. We don't actually have to go out and look for it. It shows up in our lives in many and myriad ways, big and small. And what Paul asks of us is to stand fast in the things, the words of life that we have been given, this bread from heaven, to sustain ourselves with the body and the blood of Christ when we are confronted with evil. We don't have to go out and look for it. We don't have to go find people that that, that need to be beaten up so that we can save their souls. Our primary task, Paul tells us here, is to look after our own souls. To stand fast in the faith, hold to the words of life and withstand the power of evil as it comes to us. As I said before, the only power that evil actually has is the power we're willing to give it. And if we can stand fast in our faith, then we don't give it any power. And it can't do anything to us that we don't let it do. So Paul asks us to stand fast, to hold on to our faith. Because the job of fighting evil is really Jesus' task. As, as Christ's body in the world, our job is to stand up and name evil when we see it. To speak against it, to not allow it any power. And to use the, the authority of God's word to inspire others also to stand fast. And I, I love this. this passage from John is one of my very favorites. Because... Here, Jesus, in his own lifetime, very early in his ministry, he tells them the truth. And there are so many people who aren't really ready to hear it, to hear the words of, of love and mercy. Because for so many people, the idea of being loving and merciful, of, of being people of grace and reconciliation, feels like weakness. It feels like failure. That we're not getting even somehow. We're not, it's not fair, as my kids would tell me. It's not fair. But I don't think there's anything in the gospel about fair. Not in the way the world understands it anyway. What Jesus wants of us, I'm pretty sure, is to be compassionate and merciful. To be people who are able to forgive. To not let the evil done to us infect the rest of our lives. I think that's what forgiveness is about. It's about saying, what happened to me doesn't shape who I have to be. And so, so Peter says this most beautiful line when Jesus asks them, Are you two, you twelve, are you really going to leave me as well? And Peter says, where can we go? If we hold the belief and accept that Jesus is in fact the son of God, the incarnation of God's self in the world, and as we know, as Peter didn't, that Jesus' death leads to his resurrection, and if we hold that to be true, where else could we possibly go? It's, It's God. How... How can we find some other refuge? How can we find some other place to stand? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And if we truly believe that, if we hold to, to the incarnation and the resurrection and the, and the reality of the God's Son, Jesus, being amongst us to live and die and show us how we might live, then where else can we go? Where else can we go? There is only one truth. There is only one life. And Jesus is the one who holds it. Amen.